I give you the praise and the honor for you're worthy of all of the honor. Lord Jesus, in your name, in your name, Jesus. Praise God, praise the Lord. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, let's get into the word of the Lord this morning. Genesis chapter 15. Verse 12. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And when he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. Thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river Euphrates. Also in your hearing today, first epistle of John, Chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Luke 21 is my final passage today. Verse 26. Jesus speaking of the latter days. He said, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. 
And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. He said when you begin to see these things that are beginning to occur, it's time. It won't be long. Turning your attention back to Genesis where I'll be taking my thought from this morning in Genesis 15. It says, and when the sun was going down, verse 12, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, an horror of great darkness fell upon him. And today, I feel impressed of the Lord. God spoke to me in prayer yesterday and gave me this thought just out of nowhere. I was praying, and the Lord mentioned this phrase into my spirit. Something greater than fear. Something greater than fear. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. It's forever settled in heaven. Lord, there's none like you in all of the earth. We ask, oh Lord, that you would take this anointed word, Lord, anoint your servant to speak the words, Lord, that you would have for us to say. My God, in the name that's above every name, Lord, we call upon you right now. Asking you, Lord Jesus, to bring every thought into attention. Bind any spirit that would come to disrupt the service that is remaining, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we ask, O Lord, that you would speak to us. And we'll give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Fear. Fear is a strong word. For many things can occur when fear is the driving force. We are living in perilous times. We're living in dark and uncertain times not knowing exactly what will occur next. Life as we know it has taken a sharp and drastic change. And now we live in the moment not knowing what tomorrow will bring. We are under the second major wave of the COVID virus. And numbers are beginning to escalate once again. I noticed last night looking that uh, one article shows that Houston County is showing 160 cases and growing by the day. 
attributing some 60 deaths in our own county specifically for COVID virus. I don't know the particulars as to how far back those statistics go. But nonetheless, we are living in a time period where it's not just necessarily the pandemic that is disturbing, but also everything else that is around us is equally disturbing for we hear of the distant stories of Afghanistan after the United States has invested over 20 years trying to stabilize that government and putting millions if not billions of dollars into the equipment and the training of the soldiers there for them to lay down and run. And now some are saying that over 80 million dollars worth of equipment, uh, both uh, of technical value and also uh, those things of weaponry are left behind for the Taliban to take full advantage of and to do God knows what to those that are left in the area. There are Americans, as far as I understand, that they have said that they will not be able to rescue. Troubling times. Fearful times, times that stir the heart of men and women, not knowing what will occur next. We began to see as things began to change from Washington to a point where we see all of the things that we have been told that they're wrong or suddenly they're right. We're seeing things occur to a point where it is disturbing to us to even be able to read the news anymore. It's something that's not a pleasure anymore. It's, it's almost like you dread to hear it. And not only those things, but, you know, we think, well, my God, we've got this pandemic, but it's not just the disease that is the troubling, but also the response to the disease. There's people that are panicking on both sides of the coin. There are some that are afraid of government overreach because of the things that are being pushed and are being exploited. And one does not know which way to turn. And then there are others that are so fearful of the disease that they'll do anything necessary to take whatever liberties away that are necessary to be able to hopefully avert the disease. We're looking in perilous times now. We, we live in troublesome times and it's not going to get any better. I, I, I don't want to be negative today. Uh, I bring to you a positive message, but yet nonetheless, I want you to be aware exactly what's going on in our world. Fear is great in the nation of America today. Fear is being stirred up and things are beginning to occur. The stronger that fear becomes, the greater the power and influence demons can exert. Because you see now, the fear has begun to trickle in to the church. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is no need to fear. 
even as President Roosevelt in the horrible dark days of World War II made the comment that has been made famous when he said the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. And I declare unto you today that we live in a place of fear all around us, but yet God is faithful and he will remain with us to the end. There are things that are prophesied in the word of God that must yet come to pass. And for those things to come to pass, we're going to see some dark days. Abraham, the Lord spoke to him in the first verse of chapter 15. He said, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And he is our protection and our blessing. That's what he was telling Abram. He said, I'm your protection and your blessing. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. He said, this, this Eliezer is going to inherit everything that I have. I do not have an heir. And Abram said, behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this shall not be thine heir but he shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. God began to put promises into the heart of Abram. Abram said, Lord, I know you said that you're my blessing and that you're my protection, but Lord, I'm looking around and I, I can't seem to find an heir. I, 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 the, the, the greatest desire in my heart is to have an heir. And I do not have an heir in the house. The only heir that I have is Eliezer of Damascus. God said this will not be. It will not be, but the heir will come of your own body. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And, oh, this is the part I like the best. And he believed in the Lord. Now God can give his promises. God can make his covenants. But it don't do you any good, honey, if you can't believe. Oh, great and rich are the promises of God. For the promises of God are yea and in him, amen. But somebody has got to dare to believe and say, God, I don't see the evidence, but I know you will bring it to pass. And he said, I... He said he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Nothing like your faith. 
counting in God's book for your righteousness. How much righteousness do you have today? Preach it again, Brother Noah. Praise God. Hallelujah. He'll be a good preacher. Praise the Lord. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, O oh Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Now, you know, it seems as though Scripture's going against Scripture here because he believed God, but now he's wanting proof. How will I know that I will inherit it? He said, take a heifer of three years and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took all of these and divided them in the midst and laid each one piece against the other, but the birds he divided not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. You know what that verse tells me? That verse tells me that God does not always answer immediately. I read where one commentary explains, and I tend to believe, agree with the commentary, commentator, when it says that the birds were the only thing that were not divided. They signified, they signified Israel, but yet all of the other animals were divided, and that was the heifer and the uh, she-goat and the ram. All three of these animals were referred to in the Old Testament, referred to the pagan nations. And God basically was letting in, in types and shadows in the Old Testament that these nations would be divided and conquered. But yet he would keep Israel together. And so he begins to stand there with his sacrifice and the birds began to come to take away fresh meat. After all, it's in their nature. They're just doing what nature's taught them. But Abram, he said, you're not going to mess with my sacrifice. I have talked with the Lord, and he's had me to lay this sacrifice here, and I'm waiting for an answer from him. All that he told me when I asked for proof of whether or not that I would inherit the things in which that he said that I would was for me to lay out a sacrifice. That's the only answer that he gave me. You know, that's not really an answer. That's more just uh, obedience than anything else. He, he said, I, I, you know, I, God never did tell me exactly what he wanted me to do as far as how that he would inherit it. He just told me, you just lay these animals out like I told you to in a sacrifice. Uh, 
and then wait on me. How many today you're involved in what Abram was involved in? You've laid out the sacrifice. You've done some sacrifice and you've done without some things that you would please God and you don't know the answer just yet but you know that God has moved on you to do maybe some extra prayer and some extra time before the throne. Maybe you fasted a little more than you normally do or maybe you spent some extra time before the Lord and his word and you sacrifice but yet there's still no answer. The day begins to draw to a close and yet there's still no answer. Oh, the ravening birds came to try to take away your sacrifice and you had to beat them away. The devil's tried everything he can to destroy your sacrifice and not only did you sacrifice, you had to protect the sacrifice until the answer came. out of the way to obey God. Now God delays his answer and the enemy comes to steal the sacrifice. Something needs to get in your crawl. Something needs to get down in your crawl. This is not today, devil. You're not getting my sacrifice. This is between me and the Lord. And I expect an answer from my God. And if I let you destroy my sacrifice, then I got to go do it all over again. Oh, no, you're not getting my sacrifice. I'll fight for my sacrifice. I'll fight to let it remain until my God answers somebody today. I'm talking to somebody's heart that you need to get something down in your soul that says I will not allow the enemy to destroy and steal my sacrifice but I have made up come on somebody I've made up my mind you're not getting my sacrifice How many sacrifices have we thrown away by ducking our head and letting the enemy pick us dry? What are you doing, Abram? Ain't let nobody mess with what God has commanded me to do. Ain't nothing going to take them away. I'll fight the birds until I have no strength left. I'll fight them until the last breath. I've got to hear from God. I've made the sacrifice. And I realize that's a lot, but that's not all that God expects of me. He expects me as well to protect the sacrifice until he answers my need. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham. And lo, 
and horror of great darkness fell upon him. Abraham, I thought you was obeying God. You gave the sacrifice. You fought birds to maintain the sacrifice. And now you have fallen to an exhausting sleep. Time for blessings. Brother Moses, that ain't the way it reads. Then how come we think that way? I've gone to God and I've talked to him. He's impressed me to sacrifice, and I did. The enemy came to try to steal it from me, and I have fought for everything I've got. And now I'm exhausted. It's time for the answer. But instead, the scripture reads, and lo, And horror of great darkness fell upon him. Horror. The scripture is not descriptive as to what exactly that meant. But it was a horrible feeling to have. To be in a deep sleep and cannot wake from the horrors. I remember as a young man, I was had been talking to the Lord in prayer for several days, and I was asleep in my bed, and suddenly a spirit of fear came upon me. And the devil began to laugh at me in my sleep. Brother Charles, I was so deep in my sleep. I couldn't hardly move my lips. I couldn't move my limbs. I felt as if something very heavy laid upon my body. And I lay there helpless as the devil laughed. And tormented me from somewhere down deep inside. I began to, to say the name that's above every name. First, I could barely get it out. Jesus. Jesus. Help me. Help me, God. Help me, God. Jesus, help me. I can imagine Abram laying there after fighting the birds all day long. The night has descended and the birds have gone to their nesting. And so Abram can now relax. 
and suddenly his limbs become heavy. His eyelids begin to fall as he falls into a slumber that cannot be woken. And suddenly, horror, darkness begins to come on him. But yet the next verse, it says, And he said unto Abram, Who is he? Notice, the translators didn't even capitalize the word he. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for four hundred years. Abram's laying in a pit of darkness, a horror of darkness, and he hears the voice of the Lord saying I want to tell you for sure that you understand that your seed is going to be a stranger in a land that's not theirs and I'm going to tell you something else Abram this is far beyond your years I'm going to pull back the curtain and reveal secrets of the future I'm going to let you see four centuries ahead four centuries ahead I'm going to let you look into the into the far future and you will begin to know of what I have in plan for your seed that is to come. He said they'll serve and be afflicted for four hundred years. He said but don't you worry that that nation whom they serve I will judge and afterward they will come out with great substance. He said don't you worry I will I will judge that nation that holds them back. It won't be an instant judge, but it will come in due season. Just as I'm telling you, 400 years ahead, you need to understand that God looks in bigger terms and in further licenses than you and I think about. We think about today, tomorrow, and maybe next month. But God looks yonder way into the future. And he knows. At the conclusion of the 400 years, don't you worry, I'll judge that nation. We know who that nation is that was Egypt. He judged them. Moses came in, the plagues came. All of this was in direct correlation to this prophecy that Abram was getting in the horror of darkness. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. You're not going to die a horrible death. How many of you would like God to tell you how you're going to die? Is that something you really want to know? But there was a bond that was forming between Abram and God. God says, I'm going to tell you some intimate things. I know I'm long-winded today. But I'm going to tell you something. God put it on me. I'm going to put it on you. It's up to you to what to do with it. There is something greater than fear. 
Abram lay there quaking in fear. A horror of great darkness fell upon him. But yet God ordained that he would go through the darkness because there was something deeply hidden in God. There was some intimate things hidden in God that the only way that he could receive them was to walk holding God's hand through the darkness. The horror, the fear of darkness. He continues to prophesy. He said, you'll be buried of a good old age. I believe he was 175 years old. That's a pretty good old age. But in the fourth generation, he goes back to those seed that had been released from Egypt. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Somebody said, Amorites, where's that coming from? The scripture is silent as to why that he chose the Amorites to, to bring up the Amorites here. The best that we can understand is that God looks at all nations, whether or not they serve him or not. And when their time is full, somebody said, how on earth can nations continually do evil and get by First of all, let me make something very abundantly clear. They don't get by. They don't get a free pass. But it's like God has this barometer, if you will. And he waits until the time is full. And when it gets to fruition, then he judges that nation. And then they will collapse and fall. And God will place someone else in charge because God brings kings into power and brings them down. He knows what is in the darkness. That's what he said in Daniel. He knows what's in the darkness. He knows it all. And he'll bring it to pass at this season and at the right time. How is it that someone can constantly abuse someone and seemingly get away with that tragedy? They don't get away. But somehow or another, God's mercy, I don't understand God's mercy. If you understand it, come talk to me. I want to sit at your feet. I don't understand God's mercy, but I guarantee you, I'm going to get all that I can get. Oh, hallelujah. His mercy is tied to his love. It's synonymous. It all goes hand in hand. And yet God, he looks at mankind. And I don't know how that he gauges it, Brother Justin. I really don't. But somehow I can't help but believe it's like the Amorites that's not yet full. He looks at someone and he says, I've got a little more mercy for them. A little more time for them. I'll give them a little more time. No, they don't deserve it but I'm going to give it to them anyhow and when the time is full there is no mercy it's all done it's all gone it's over and they're judged that's why we're to pray oh God give more mercy and it came to pass that when the sun went down, this is all happening. 
while he's in this trance. It was dark. Behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. Somebody said, now tell me what on earth are they talking about? In Eastern culture of that era, when they would divide up, they would divide up the sacrifice of the animals on the altar. That there would be a covenant between two men and they would pass between the pieces with some sort of object. They would pass between those signifying the consummation of a covenant. And here the sun's going down. Behold a burning furnace. This is all things word pictures that the writer here that most attributed to Moses is writing. Behold, it was like a a furnace of fire and and there was a flaming fire. Brother Charles that saw the broken pieces and he passed between them signifying I agree to this covenant. So tell me, Brother Motes, you've been preaching all this time now. What is that which is greater than fear. What's actually that something that is greater than fear? Fear is strong. And like I said earlier, when fear, the stronger that fear becomes, the greater the power and influence the demons can exert. When you're living in fear right now, you cannot give in to the fear. You've got to lean upon your Lord. And say, I will not live in fear. When they diagnosed me with cancer, I said, I will not live in fear. When they said it went away, I thank God. And when it came back, I said again, I will not live in fear. Now we face something that could be lethal. And... It's affecting our nation. It's affecting our globe. It's affecting everything you do. It'll even affect your job before long. It'll affect your income. It'll affect everything. How you spend money, how that you live, everything, it'll affect it. And you think, my God, that's so powerful. The fear is so great. What will I do next? There's something greater than fear and that fear is the covenant and the vow that God has made with us it supersedes all of the powers of hell (laughs) it's greater than the powers of hell it's greater than anything else I don't have the answers why that people that are apostolic are dying of COVID. It don't make sense to me. I don't have those answers. It's all in the hand of God. Uh, There's things that are hidden deep in the darkness that we do not know that God has held back that we don't have answers for. But there is something that is greater than the fear that has come upon our nation. 
and our world. And that great, wonderful something is our covenant and our connection with God. God has visited you in the midnight hour. And when you lay broken in pieces, oh the flame of God passed between the pieces and said, I accept this covenant between you and me. I will be with you. Lo, I'm with you all the way, even to the end of the world. Somebody needs to catch a hold of this. Somebody needs to get a hold of this. This is straight from heaven. I'm telling you, God is telling you there's something greater than fear. The fear Abraham experienced allowed by God. God allowed it because the secret things of God. If you must know and be intimate with God, you will have your season of walking in the horror of great darkness. Fear may be all around you. But God said no of a surety. I'm going to reveal things to you that are over 400 years in the future. Because I'm God. I'm not just going to tell you you're going to feel good tomorrow. But I'm going to tell you everything that is about you in the future. The darkness of God. The deepness of God. God shrouds things in mystery. And you must walk through the deep and dark times to be able to know the secret of God. Somebody said, I don't want to go through this. You pray to prayer. And you open your side of the covenant up. You said, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do, Lord. Whatever it is, God, I'm ready. I want to walk with you. I want to do more than I've ever done before. I want to be more than I ever have been before. And you made your end of the covenant. And God says, there'll come a dark time. And you'll lay there and broken in pieces. And then I will pass between the pieces. And thereby signify my acceptance of your covenant. And I will shoot forth my glory. And therefore, I will overcome the darkness and the fear and will lead you in the paths everlasting. Oh my God, somebody, you need to stand on your feet and thank God that God loves you enough to remain committed even in the darkness and the horror of darkness of fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Sometimes it's the rod. Other times it's the stab. But they comfort me. Oh, oh, you even prepare before me in the presence of mine enemy a table. What can fear do? I'm going to tell you what fear does. Clinically, this is what happens when you fear. Fear weakens our immune system. Did you know that? When you're afraid, you lower your immune system. You are actually lowering your defenses when you become afraid. And can cause cardiovascular damage. Fancy word for heart problems. It can lead to accelerated aging. Or even bring premature death. Fear. When I become afraid, maybe it's the hand of God that's allowing, yes, the things that are coming upon our world. And we're somehow or another, we got to live in it. So how do I live in all of this? You gotta walk with him. And when you're broken, there'll come a time God will say, I accept your covenant. And that covenant will sustain you to your last breath. Whether it be in COVID or whether it be for something else. Or maybe you'll be among those that will be caught up the last day whatever it is fear may be great it may be a powerful force and there are men and women that utilize that power we lost many boys in Europe because of one man that was able to cause fear to be propagated in that nation of Germany. And because he caused fear and anti-Semitism in that nation, over six million Jews died all because of fear. Fear is a powerful thing. Fear is a powerful thing, but there's something greater than fear. And it's my connection with God. It's my connection with God. It's my covenant with Him. 
He's holding on to me and I'm holding on to him. Every day is not sunshine. Come on, somebody. I said every day is not sunshine. We're not always dancing around having a great time. But one thing is for sure. I know that the covenant is solid between me and God. And that is greater than any fear that I might experience. Could you lift your hands and love Jesus right now?